630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Brat, top of the circle on the left. Drops it on the blue line. Hughes going to walk in. He'll shoot. Scores. Jack Hughes let it go. It squeezed just in behind Smith. And the Devils will win it 6-5 in overtime. Well, a wild one. The Oilers trailed for the majority of the afternoon. They finally got the lead in the third period but can't hold it. The Devils tied in the final minute, and Jack Hughes wins it in overtime 6-5 is the final. A lot to talk about out of this one. I can also tell you that four Oilers games in January have been postponed. January 8th, home to the Islanders. January 12th, home to Minnesota. January 14th, home to Vegas, and January 16th at Winnipeg. The NHL announcing during that wild third period that those four games have been postponed. In that bunch, there is a game remaining on the schedule. That's January 10th, a home game against the Ottawa Senators. So right now, the Oilers play tomorrow. They play the third and the fifth on the road. Then they're going to be home on the 10th against Ottawa. And then uh, the next scheduled game would be the 18th against the Chicago Blackhawks, assuming there are no further postponements. So that has you up to date there. The Oilers end a uh, miserable month of December with an overtime loss. They go 3-7-1 and in December. Then They're now 18-12-1 on the year. All right, here's what happened on the Yamamoto goal. The, the As I've been able to piece it together. So Yamamoto is, is fouled. There's a, a, a penalty coming to the Devils. As soon as Yamamoto was hooked uh dougie hamilton s- swiped at the puck and slapped it up the boards and the, the referee didn't blow the whistle there for new jersey having possession the oilers keep the puck alive download a dry settle across to yamamoto who shoots it into the net and, and then we get this delay and then the devil's challenge now in the rule book here's what it says under situations subject to a coach's challenge Missed game stoppage event in the offensive zone leading to a goal. And then it says a play that results in a goal call on the ice where the defending team claims that the play should have been stopped by reason of any play occurring in the offensive zone that should have resulted in a play stoppage caused by the attacking team but did not. So there's so ultimately they they take a well first of all they they weren't looking at the video they were determining whether or not this this could have been challenged uh, and then the the ref came on the mic and said that this can't be ch- he didn't word it exactly right but basically what he meant was this can't be challenged because you can only challenge it if the play should have been stopped as the result of something done by the attacking team. So dry settle the Yamamoto hand pass, for, for example, a, a high stick, something like that. Because the Devils were saying our guy should have caused a stoppage, they couldn't challenge it. And then because they couldn't challenge the play, you can't give the, the Devils a penalty for delay of game because there was actually no incorrect, uh, no lost challenge on the play. Now, I know it did cause a delay in the game, but clearly the referees in the NHL had to clarify this. So I don't think the Devils should have got a penalty on it because the, the way I'm seeing what happened in my head is Al- Elaine Nazardine, who's filling in for Lindy Ruff on the bench, says, I, I think I can challenge this. I want a challenge for missed game stoppage. And then the ref says, well, wait a minute. We, this has probably never come up before, so we got to check. It's unfortunate it took too long. Ultimately, they got it right given what the, uh, the, the rule book said. So that's the, the, the clarification on that. Rob Brown joining me here on the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers lose 
Six five to uh, the Devils, uh, Rob. The the good old high event game uh, <laughs> that again that we might as well go here right away. That again did not start well for the Oilers. I, I mean, uh, they allow five goals in regulation time. The, the yes, they gave up one in the final minute, but they allowed three goals in the first eleven minutes tonight. Three well, goals in the first eleven minutes. Well, first, yeah, I, I just listened to your entire explanation. It was just so weird that what was going on because it was if you, if they could challenge it, it was easy. It was should have been no goal. Uh, but it never should have taken as long as it did. That just, that's just silly. Uh, and in all honesty, if you can challenge a glove pass, you should be able to challenge that because that was pretty obvious. Now going to the Oilers, uh, when we talked with Mooner and I before the game, uh, the importance of the Oilers getting off to a good start. There's, there, and we, we talked a little bit here after the game, certain teams you want to get off to a good start for certain reasons. One, uh, when you're playing against a very good team, you don't want to give them the lead because they can ex- they can extend that lead. To, you're playing against a strong defensive team, you don't want to give them the lead because then they can shut her down. And we've seen that a lot as of late where teams have just completely clogged everything up. And the third reason is when you're playing against a team that's struggling and de- the Devils have one win coming into tonight in their last seven games, they haven't had the season they were expecting. You give them a lead and you allow them to hang around longer. There's a belief. There's a, a, an excitement on the bench that they haven't had in a long time. So the longer that they're in a hockey game, uh, they start their their ears perk up. This is the game. We're going we're gonna to beat the Edmonton Oilers. We have a chance in this game. And that's what happened in this one. They just kept getting the lead, and the Oilers would fight back, then they get the lead again. And we've talked a lot. To me, it's not work ethic. This is all execution. The mistakes that the Oilers were making, not getting pucks out, misreads, getting, not getting in shooting lanes, not getting in passing lanes, those are things that are easily fixable. But unfortunately for the Oilers, it's things that are happening over and over again. It happened against the St. Louis Blues in the last game too many odd man breaks and then tonight against new jersey they just in the first five minutes of this game the the new jersey devils had so many great a scoring chances a team that i don't believe generates a lot on their own they were ones that were generated by mistakes by the oilers so uh the the devils had some belief in this game because the oilers fell behind again and in the end of the game it, it bit them in the, in the behind is uh, that belief turned to a new ex- excitement that turned into a big victory for New Jersey. Yeah, 6-5, the uh, Devils take it as, uh, again, the Oilers were down one nothing, two no- or, uh, they were down a goal four times, is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> and then they finally went ahead on the goal by Yamamoto, only to have the Devils tie it with 31 and a half seconds left and then win it in overtime. And um, I, Again, not defending well enough for Edmonton and, and maybe a bit of a, uh, a night of extremes by Mike Smith as as well. I mean, he makes a save, a couple good saves in overtime, including Jack Hughes uh, on a breakaway. And yes, I think the Oilers need to defend and clear better, but still as a goaltender, I think anytime you let in six, you're probably going to uh, look back on some and, and say, I needed a save or two there. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's the highs and the lows of how good Smith was. Two breakaway saves in the first minute and a half of overtime against two highly skilled New Jer- Jersey Devil players but pucks that would just had found ways to get through him uh the tying goal and then the game winning goal just long shots from far out that found a way now when you're in a shooting lane you have to block the puck and uh, Connor mcdavid on the the game winning goal was in the shooting lane taking away the eyes of mike smith and credit to hughes he used mcdavid as a screenshot in between your legs that's what we were taught growing up if a d-man's in your way Show it, throw it through their legs. The goal, or goaltender has a, a harder time picking it up. 
but I, yeah, when you give up six, you're you're not going to give the goaltender uh, an A plus on, on his game, and it's just going to take a little bit more time, I guess, for Mike Smith. He's this is his second game since October 19th. He's not in mid-season form, and on the opposite, I don't think Blackwood was great, but Blackwood or Blackwood was just one save better. The Japanese Village goal light is on, even though the Oilers have to settle for a single point for losing in overtime. We turn that on on 630Ched.com. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Okay, back to Prudential Center. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett place to start to just kind of uh, dissect the game roller coaster game you know we're thought we started well and take a penalty and boom it's in our net get us get one right back and give one back again and then between a so-called challenge it wasn't a challenge and I, mean, I think four of the six goals against us were at some point deflected and bounced the right direction and you know one one bounces the right direction and he bounces off Schmidt going back in two of the other ones were the tying goal were Try to get in the lane, goes up a stick and goes in. I mean, it, it's uh, one of those games. A lot of bounces going the other way. We just got to stick with it. We got we had some guys play very well tonight, and some guys put in real good efforts. We got to stay with that and go in at it tomorrow night the same way. You did stick with it in regards to how many times you continued to battle back. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of just that resiliency to not let the game get away and continue I, to? Our in? attitude during the game and on the bench, it was great. All I mean, we just. There was no quitter. They just keep pushing, keep pushing. There's parts of the game we thought we played really well, but just couldn't get over top of it. And like I say, there's sometimes as as much as you try to keep the puck out of you, and it finds a way in. That's what it was tonight. Was it disappointing you couldn't really lock it down, Coach, when you, you got that late lead, thinking that Mike was playing a little better? He seemed to get stronger as the game wore on. Well, we weren't giving up much, and then the the tying goals are a deflection from way out. I mean, that's sometimes that happens. You know, it just. It's a puck that's a seeing eye puck that finds its way in. That's uh, it's disappointing. Did you wash this one away, considering how you're going to play in less than 24 hours? Well, we got to get up. We got to get ready for it for sure. I mean, we'll take the point here and we'll move on and, and uh, play at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon in the island. We got to be ready for that. Dave, do you have an update on Ryan Nugent? No, not yet. I no. Talk with the doctors did you here. See what happened? What was the what was the play that took him out? Uh, it was midway through the third period. He just. Uh, mentioned the TD, he was, he was having an issue, and then uh, left the bench and didn't come back. Obviously, sorry. Uh, obviously, the team is obviously focused on, on getting the win, but what did you think of the performances from both Yamamoto and McLeod? Probably one of their best performances. Yeah, yeah, Yamamoto was really good, rounded all night, and uh, we need He's had some good stints, and tonight coming in, you know, an emotional game for him against his brother and and uh, parents, and uh, he jumped out and played very well, and made a couple of real good plays. Hey, the guys that came back from uh, COVID, um, did you, when you're watching him tonight, did you like the energy in them? Did it look like they were there? Yeah, everybody had lots of try tonight. You see, Darnell Nurse comes back and was out a while, and he played a lot of minutes for us tonight. Same with Jesse. So, they're, uh, you know, the guys that came back there, uh, Nurse and and uh, Pugliarbi are key players for us they uh, they jump in they make us a better team what do you think of jack hughes i watch my team i don't watch their team all right well i think he did watch jack hughes just didn't, <laughs> just didn't want to say well, it's hard to miss him tonight reed jack hughes was yeah, outstanding in that hockey game yeah uh darnell nurse comes back plays 2909 mcdavid played 2757 dry played 2427 and of course they're right back at it 
tomorrow. And uh, Jack Hughes, who's, who's I mean, I had Ken Danico on my show last night. And he said Jack Hughes probably coming off his best game of the season against uh, Buffalo a couple days ago. And he gets back at it with three points tonight, two goals, seven shots on goal. Struggled in faceoffs, going three for 13. But uh, other than that, pretty impactful game. I, I mean, a lot to talk about. Like, obviously, like, like you said, Rob, some clear issues for Edmonton um in their own end you know clearly another poor start to the game um taking a penalty early in the game and letting the second worst power play in the league score on you and get the league uh, they get the lead and unfortunately it overshadows some i mean kyler yamamoto we're talking about him not getting points not doing anything five on five not getting shots today two goals and an assist on three shots on goal like he he had a good game but unfortunately the Oilers don't get two points out of it yeah i mean he's lost there's a loss and there's disappointment in the dressing room but Inside, Yamamoto's probably feeling better about himself in the way the game went for him. He finally got, uh, you know, things to go his way. He got the bounces. He played well. And normally when you have a good night, it's it's an all-round good night. It's not like two bounces in front and that's all he did. He, he was good on the puck all over the place. He was good on the forecheck, a couple of good back checks. Uh, it was a, an important game for him. As the Oilers get healthy, they're going to look to see who's going to be in their top six. And... Uh, Yamamoto hasn't been producing at the level that he should be when you're playing with Leon Dreisaitl. Tonight he was good, and those were big, big goals for Yamo. So uh, two couple players that really stood out, and that was when the one question from the reporter was, Yamamoto was good, and, and so was McLeod. Uh, McLeod with a little... It was funny, I went and looked at his minutes. He only played less than nine minutes in the game, but he was impactful, and that's huge. When you're playing eight and a half minutes, but you're noticed then things are going well. So good on McLeod, playing against his brother, playing with his parents in the stands. Uh, you, he had a little extra jump in his game, and he, he took full advantage of the, the bounces and the breaks that he got. All right, 6-5, the Oilers lose in overtime. I want to remind you that James H. Brown and Associates' unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results, donating $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. 6.30, Chad Santa's anonymous, 500 bucks today, the total for the season, $10,800 as the Oilers' record slips to 18-12-1 on the year. Hope you're having a great day. You can get in touch on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. We'll get to Matt when we get back to Harlan Ford Overtime Open Line. Sharon Golvich now up to Hughes. He'll come in on the right wing, give it to Bratt. He'll look to the net. He'll walk in. He'll shoot it. Saved by Smith. Puck up against his pad. It's underneath him. And the whistle goes as Mike Smith makes a huge save. A good opportunity there for Jesper Bratt. Yeah, mad scramble there in the third period. Mike Smith kept it out, but he was beaten late in the third and in overtime as the Devils beat the Oilers 6-5. That's your save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at Reface Magic. Dot CA. Yes, uh, an absolute wild one. The Oilers, by the way, on New Year's Eve, Rob, uh, where's my stats here? 3 13 and 5. So getting a tie or a overtime loss, actually better than what usually happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say. Uh, so, somebody was asking me, I, I, I apologize. I don't have the updated matinee record anymore for the Oilers, but it, that, it's quite poor. I think it's at least 20 games below 500. Uh, though I guess technically this is 500 today. So, yeah, a New Year's Eve matinee, you wouldn't expect it to add up to a, a win for Edmonton. But uh, they're back at it tomorrow against the New York Islanders. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Matt standing by. Hello, Matt. Go ahead. 
Hey, I just wanted to make a, ask Rob a question about the Oilers style of play. I, I've just noticed um, in the la- basically the whole season, and I say this as a guy who I like fire wagon hockey. I like aggressive hockey. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the trap or the passive game. But when I watch the Oilers play this year, I notice they, it's, a lot of times they're trying to do a really aggressive four check where they got three guys down below the goal. And, and many, many times you see their defensemen just chip it out to the support player sort of in the face-off circle in their own end. And uh, away they go for a three-on-two and our guys are chasing them back. It seems to happen over and over again with the Oilers. And I was just wondering if you had a comment on that, Rob, as far as, you know, obviously Tippett's a smarter guy than me, but it, it just seems to be happening a lot with the Oilers. Have you noticed the same thing, or would you have any comment about well, that? Thanks very much. Yeah, a good question. And, and you are right that the Oilers do get caught. And we see that when all the odd man breaks that the Oilers give up. I mean, the Oilers have got the two best offensive players in the league, Connor and Leon. Over the last 15 games, how many three-on-twos or two-on-ones have they had? Uh, not near as many, and they're giving up time and time again. Like Against St. Louis, there had to have been seven or eight odd man rushes again tonight. So what that means is the high man, which is the third man in the offensive zone, is getting sucked down low, and he's too low. He's not in the right defensive posture. And sometimes the defensemen are making poor reads. And a defenseman cannot pinch unless he knows 100% that the forward is back. So if the forward's not back, even though pinching is, is you've got a 50-50 chance, you still can't because you've got to make sure defensively you're in the best position. So the Oilers, uh, they do get caught uh, too many times. I mean, and a great example of is it tonight, and Reed, you talked about it, Mike Smith had some really big highs in this game. He stopped two, at least two breakaways, some odd man breaks. There's some big saves he made, yet he gave up six goals. So that tells you how many scoring chances the opposition had when you can be a goaltender and still and look like you've had some pretty good saves, yet you still give up six. So to me, five on five, the Edmonton Oilers are not good enough yet to be considered a, a Stanley Cup contender. That's the biggest thing to me that they've got to get better at as this season goes on is how they play five on five because they've got all the other things. But five on five, they just give up way too many grade A scoring chances to the opposition. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, Robin. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. There are always mistakes. There are always turnovers. There's, you know, there's always little puck bobbles or, or bad reads, bad decisions. But the, the little ones you can survive most of the time. And it seems it seems sometimes we'll watch a period and say, well, you know, each team maybe made, okay, a half dozen mistakes, but three of the Oilers' mistakes were major ones and only one by the other team was, and that and that turns out being the difference. Yeah, the, the, the big mistake is ending up in the back of the net of the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, tonight, I mean, the simple one with William Lagason. And I know he's a, a younger player, but it, it's whether you're in the NHL and the minors or junior, wherever he is, you know that you've got to cut the ice in half. If the puck's on one side of the ice, you've got to get over on that side if you're the offside defenseman. You can't allow somebody to come down the middle of the ice. And the Oilers had players back. They just had them back in the wrong spot. And all of a sudden, a, a two-on-three turns into a breakaway, and the, 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 the New Jersey Devils score on that one. So that's just putting more pressure, more stress on a goaltender when you don't need to. 
And those are the things that are happening. The so it's not like there was. And, and I know that Dave Tippett he used it again tonight. There was try. The Oilers didn't lose for lack of try. They they just he missed uh, assignments, misread, misread some plays, lack of communication, and, and that's what seems to get them in trouble more often than not. All right. We will get to more of your phone calls in a second here. Let's go back to New Jersey. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. You know, catching up late. Yeah, I mean, you said it back and forth, um, back and forth all night, and uh, then find a way to get on. What was it uh, like to have to kind of use all that energy to continue to battle back and, and then, you know, get that lead for a while? What was it like? Um, you know, it was just another game. You know, obviously just trying to find a way to get a win. Is there any consolation that the team was able to fight back? Um, you know, they go up a goal, you fight back, it's all right. They go up again, and you guys take the lead. Any consolation or not the team, the way the team fought back? Yeah, I mean, we'll take it. You know, obviously, fighting back is uh, never the way we want to be playing, but, um, you know, it's better to, to fight back than just, uh, you know, kind of roll over. So I like the way we responded, and um, we need to find a way to make that uh, a two-point game. Though. Despite the result there, Connor, you guys have talked about this team's resiliency throughout the season, yet every time they went up, you guys were able to respond. Unfortunately, not getting the result, but that show a lot of character heading into the new year. Yeah, I mean, that's something that uh, you know, we've talked about, is trying to hang on to games and, and hold on to games and you know, keep ourselves in it. And um, yeah, I thought we did a good job of that tonight. You talked about maintaining the lead at the end there and obviously weren't able to do that. What did that come down to? Um, yeah, you know, they, uh, they went and draw there and uh, get the puck to the middle of the ice and, and shoot it. And they got a bunch of guys there and finds a way to go in. That's just the way it is. Despite allowing six goals, I mean, I, I thought Smith had a great game there, especially in overtime, making some big saves too. Yeah, you know, Smith looked good. Um, you know, I thought uh, we didn't do a good enough job in front of him. I thought he battled hard and, um, you know, gave a typical Smitty effort. What do you think how, how wide open the overtime was? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty quick, you know, just two shifts or something like that. So, you know, we had a look. Um, we had a couple of looks. They probably had more looks than we did, and they found a way to get a win. Were you disappointed with the first period, Connor? It, you know, four, four goals there. It seemed like goals were coming left and right. Uh, I think it was three, um, three, two heading into the second. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't like giving up three in the first, um, you know, but it was a weird night. You know, pucks were, were going in for both sides, and, um, and we found a way to bow back. All right, that's Connor McDavid. Couple of goals tonight. Kyler Yamamoto also scored two. Devin Shore had the other Oilers goal, but they lose 6-5 in overtime to the New Jersey Devils. Again, if you missed it earlier, some Oilers games have been postponed here. January 8th against the Islanders, January 12th against Minnesota, and January 14th against Vegas. Those all home games postponed. The January 10th home game against Ottawa for the moment remains on the schedule. January 16th at Winnipeg has been postponed. So obviously uh, some cross-border games being postponed there. And uh, Ottawa remains on the schedule. It's currently half capacity at Rogers Place. So I, I would assume that's why they're leaving that one on, another Canadian team. And then the, uh, Winnipeg's down to, what is it, Rob? Is it under 1,000 fans? It's I, not I, very many. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, yeah. it, it makes sense. It, it's funny. Uh, sort of the same thing i was we were supposed to have radio going on this road trip but they decided not to because of the crossing the border and not knowing whether or not uh, if someone catches covid how you get them back up and across the border and with this being such a contagious disease right now i understand what the nhl is thinking here 
canceling all the cross-border games until this uh, is a little more under control. So um, it's unfortunate. Uh, but so that's up to that's up to eight Oilers games. So that's probably beyond that Olympic break. I mean, very likely, like I've been saying, we might be going into May here for the regular season. Well, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, but there's, you know, it's getting to be a lot of games. Well, yeah, it is. And it's funny because the NHL, I think it was Daly the other day, said that he didn't believe that they would have to extend the season at all. They thought they had enough time. But I, I think they're starting to see that this is not disappearing, that uh, there's more and more people getting sick. It's so contagious that they might not be able to control how long that this goes, how many cancellations there's going to yeah. be. So, and, and having said that, they could they could rearrange the entire schedule. Yeah, and I right? bet you they still, do. Still, still, so it, it could be, you know, and if the Oilers got to make, I mean, could could we see some double headers come into play like last year? So you go to a city and you play Monday, Tuesday instead of going back. So uh, well, we'll see. Well, but. You th- well, you think about it, Reed, too. So these teams, the games that are being canceled, it's they're all different teams. So they've got to make it so it works. You can't have, right. say, Washington's out here and it was on a long road trip, and they only canceled the Edmonton one, they can't say, okay, Washington, you're going to fly all the way across the country, then you're going to go all the way back to play Pittsburgh. It's got to flow somehow. I I tell you, the worst job in the world right now will be the NHL schedule maker. On a daily basis, he's probably, okay, at 11.30 at night, okay, finally got them all done. And then the next day they cancel eight more, and he's got to redo it all. So uh, it's too bad, but uh, I I completely understand what the NHL is trying to do. Are you you Uh watching the Vegas game right now? Uh, I got it off to the side well, here. They Was just there a had, big fight? Well, they just had a, a line brawl. But just before that, Getzlaff fought, I think it's Colzer for Vegas. They both dropped their gloves off the off the draw. And at, just before they start fighting, Getzlaff points to Colzer. Watch out, there's a stick on the ice. So that Colzer looks down, moves away. Then they start punching each other. Then they go to the bench, into the penalty box, and Getzlaff smiles. Hey, good job. I'm like... Who gets into a fight? First of all, you help the guy. Like, I'm like, I'm if I'm in a fight, I got my gloves. I hope he trips on that stick. I hope he falls down. Then I can jump on him, call it a call it a win for me, and go to the penalty box. But he helps the guy out and then goes and tells him, good job in the penalty box. That's why I didn't fight, Reed. I just, I didn't have that. <laughs> You're too mean. Well, and, too I, mean. and I wasn't very good at it. And Those are two reasons. Is, uh, it's 3 nothing Vegas with 550 Left in the second period, the scoreboard update for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or a new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. All right, let's go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Greg standing by. Hey, Greg, Happy New Year. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. So first off, uh, too bad about Betty White. Just wanted to get that out there. Um, second off, I find the Oilers, they cheat too much for offense when they're in their own zone. So that causes a lot of turnovers and goals against. But the reason I'm calling is I'm wondering if there's any clarification on what the ref was actually trying to say during that. Yes, um, I expl- explained it off the top of the show. He he said that you can't actually challenge that play. You you can challenge a missed game stoppage that leads to a goal, but you can only challenge if the stoppage would have been caused by the offensive team. So the Devils were saying, "Oh, hey, the 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 play should have been stopped when we touched the puck." And so once the refs clarified with, with the NHL, they said, no, it has to be um, something that the offensive player did, like a hand pass, hitting it with a high stick, something like that. So so that's it, it turned out not to be a challengeable play. The rule book does say that. I'm guessing it had never come up in a game before, which is why the refs and the NHL had to discuss it for so long. So that's what happened there. Okay? All right, thanks, guys. Happy New Year. 
Okay, that's Greg, 780-496-0063. Also for Mike, we got a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line before the game at 52% for the Oilers' face-offs. It was over at 55%, so Mike is the winner. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. And we had, what did, uh, well, it was an off day for Michael McLeod. Ryan's brother only went four out of 16 for 25%. Leon Dreisaitl, of course, <laughs> took 27 face-offs, won 59% of them. And Connor McDavid won 13 out of 21 for 59%. Uh, we should mention there, Rob, we'll, I guess we, we probably won't get an update on Nugent Hopkins until tomorrow, I would guess. We didn't, and from I, what Tippett said, nothing overly specific in the game, unless you saw something. No, I, I didn't see anything. I just, I noticed that right after Yamamoto scored and they had the three and a half hour break there trying to decide on it dry saddles line stayed out but it was out with shore and yamamoto and i'm like okay there's no way that rnh is tired there so obviously something's wrong that he's not coming out onto the ice for i didn't see anything i they've showed a bunch of replays as we've got the three big tvs going on in here i've yet to see anything where it it looks like he may have gotten hurt hopefully it's something uh minor because it was the others were just starting to get healthy and just like darnell nurse is a all aspect type of player where he plays in every situation for the Edmonton others, so is RNH. So the, when you're struggling and you want to get things going in the right direction, you certainly want to have all your players healthy, especially the really, really important ones. All right, 6-5 Devils win in overtime. Back to the Certainty Hotline. We'll welcome Andy to the show. Hey, Andy, go ahead. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, that penalty that New Jersey took at the end of the game I was with my nephews, and I, I always say that's the Sean Horkoff penalty, and they both looked at me. They didn't uh, – was that rule put in because Sean Horkoff <laughs> was still good at paddling that puck back? Uh, I'm not sure why they put it in, but you're right. I, now that you say that, I, I remember Horkoff doing that all the time. Uh, that, I thought, was a bad call. I thought that was more incidental touching of the, the glove. I don't think he did anything on purpose. He was, he'd fell down, and the puck seemed to bounce off his glove. Um, I But I – I don't understand. I don't know the rule. It's a new rule since I've retired. Uh, I don't really completely understand where the benefit of that rule comes in. I don't know how it creates more offense or creates more entertainment along the lines. If I mean, we're always taught win a face off any way you can. So I don't really see the benefit in that one. But that's funny. The reference to Sean Horkoff. You're right. That's how he used to win face offs, and he was very yeah, good at he, it. He was the absolute master at that. He just tie a guy's stick up and, and quickly. And my other question is on that ensuing power play. Uh, you could maybe answer this, Rob. Leon and Connor only played half of that power play with with less than five to go. The coach's decision not to let them. But for me, I, I I'm going for the jugular there, and well, I'm trying to get that six goal. Oh, you're right, and on all in all honesty, I don't think that was a coach's decision. I I'm guessing one of them went off the ice. Because uh, I I was as shocked as you were when I'm looking and they're showing the face off, and I'm like, okay, where's Connor and Leon? I've seen them take six minute shifts when they've had back-to-back power plays before and after. So, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know if I've seen the Oilers line up with a different group other than their first power play unit more than two or three times the entire season. And at that point, and we talked about it, me and Mooner, or Mooner and I, was the Oilers score there, the game is over. They extend the lead and Jersey's not coming back. So that was a very important part of the game. And uh, I, I'm guessing that they're a fatigue may have come into play and one of the players, Connor or Leon, had gone off the ice on their own. 
Okay, Devils win 6-5 in overtime. Jack Hughes scores the first goal of the game and the last goal of the game uh, to make the difference for the Devils. We have Steve standing by as well. Hi, Steve. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? Good. Good, good. Hey, um... Steve, do we have you? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay, I don't think we have him. Okay, I don't think we have him, Angie. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get a better connection there, and we will assume that Tyler is ready to rock and roll. Tyler, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, please. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to ask uh, your guys' opinion. Is there any way you think that perhaps there has been a loss in control or confidence by the guys in terms of Tippett in the locker room? And then also just that comment during the post-game interview, and when asked if he watches what he thinks of Jack Hughes, he says, I don't watch the other team. I only watch my team. And we know that's not true. It might have just been a quick, fired comment. But what did you guys think of that? Um, most, he says, most that, coaches all, he will says say that all the time. Yeah. yeah, I think he's just deflecting. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Tyler. It would be absurd to think he doesn't scout the other team. No, the, re- the reason coaches do that is when a player in the opposition has a, a good game, it's easy to talk about it. But I think at times you don't want to comment, okay, was that, should he have, was that a dirty play that that guy made? Uh, that guy's struggling over there. It just takes away all other questions about the opposition. So I'm just, I don't watch that player. So you never have to worry about getting asked uh, a question that could put bulletin board stuff on the on the other team's dressing room. So, I, I mean, Dave Tippett, if you sit with him one-on-one in a pub or over uh, a coffee at some point, He'll talk a year off on how good players are. He knows, and everyone understands how good Jack Hughes was, is, and how good he was tonight. As for lack of confidence, I'm not around the team much, but from what I've seen and heard, I, I don't think that's an issue at all. I just think the Oilers right now are, have been the second best team in a lot of hockey games that they've lost as of late. Yeah, I mean, you'd certainly. I, I, I get what you're saying about Tippett. I mean, either you talk about other other teams' players or, or you don't. Yeah. Um, and he, and I, most coaches I've played for don't. I mean, you got a guy like Ken Hitchcock. He will talk about everybody. He'll talk about people in the stands. Like, he'll lay that guy's nice <laughs> shirt up there. Like, a really big fan of Lacoste. But no, uh, a lot of coaches don't. They just it's, it's simple. You just don't want to get put in a position where you say something negative or something that the other team can say, hey, you can't be saying that about our players, so you're just simple. I'll talk about my players and, and be done with it. So that's a, a Dave Tippett thing, and a lot of coaches are the exact same. Kyler Yamamoto scored twice. You're going to hear from him before 3 o'clock. Oilers fall 6-5 in overtime to the Devils. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Graves behind the net. Gave it to Hamilton. Now around to Hughes. He's able to get it to the point. Kept in by Nugent Hopkins. Now to Yamamoto. Oh, he couldn't get the backhand. He got hauled down. Penalty coming up to the Devils. Here's Drysaddle. To Yamamoto. Scores! Kyler Yamamoto at the side of the net. And the Oilers have their first lead. They're up 5-4. Well, that was so close to being the game winner this afternoon. But... The Devils would tie it late in the third period and win 6-5 in overtime. But Kyler Yamamoto with a good game, two goals and an assist. Here he is. 31st, what did you make of what was highly entertaining? I know not the way you want to finish the game in the year, but what you saw out there? Oh, it was a good game, um, you know, by both teams. Um, I thought we played a lot better, um, you know, than we did in St. Louis. Or, yeah, St. Louis. So, um, 
know, we got to get tip our hat to that. But um, you know, that's a really good team over there. Um, you got to get a lot of credit. Um, you know, they, had a, they know how to score goals too. So, uh, yeah. what was it like uh, battling back virtually much of the game and, and at least having the lead for a while before they battled back? Uh, you know, it just shows the character in our locker room. Um, you know, if we go down, uh, we're willing to fight back. So. Um, you know, it's really good, and, um, you know, it's a crazy game, and, um, you know, they got the upper hand, so it's tough. What was that overtime like for you guys? Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it was an entertaining one. Um, you know, I haven't been a part of uh, too many overtimes like that where it's just, like, back and forth like that, um, you know, chances after chances. Um, tough they got the last chance and scored on it. Um, but, you know, um, we're going to look at all the positives and uh, take, take that. Uh, was there a sense that uh, when you got the lead 5-4 that you guys were going to lock it down? Because it seemed like Mike was playing pretty well in that at that point. Yeah, he kept us in it all night. Um, yeah, he's, he's been playing um, really well, I thought, the last couple games. Um, so I definitely thought we were. Um, you know, it was a good shot by Dougie and a great tip by whoever scored that. Um, you know, nothing you can really do about that. How about getting right back at it tomorrow against the Islanders, another afternoon game? That must make me feel good to build off this one. Definitely. Um, you know, like I said, I thought we played a lot better um, you know, than we did in St. Louis, so we're going to take a lot of the positives and um, you know, keep working tomorrow. What did, Sorry, just over here on your lap. What did you think the reason was that you guys weren't able to hold on to that lead and kind of give up a late one there? Um, you know, like I said, they're a good team. Um, you know, they can make plays too and score goals. So, um, you know, they want to draw and got a good shot and a good tip. So, not much you can say about it um, other than that. What did you think of the uh, the challenge that wasn't supposed to be a challenge as you waited to see if it uh, would end up being a goal, which it was? Yeah, it was, uh, that was a weird one. Um, you know, we weren't even sure, I don't even think on our bench, uh, if that was a challengeable play. But, uh, you know, it was definitely a... Uh, Emotional roller coaster, but um, luckily, luckily counted. Tyler, I know you guys are all team oriented, and you guys want to focus on getting the win. For you personally, did you feel like that was one of your best games in the NHL? Uh, I definitely did. Um, yeah, I felt like I was buzzing out there, um, you know, making plays, um, moving my feet. So definitely. Is it nice to every so often have those kind of wide open offensive type games as a forward? Uh, yeah, but I mean. Um, no, that's not how we want to play. We want to play a tight game. Um, you know, we'd rather win 1-0 um, rather than 5-6. So um, hope we can clean some stuff up in the D zone and um, should be good. All right, that's Kyler Yamamoto, who uh, definitely makes an impact today with three points. Uh, I mean, Rob, he's been a discussion point because he's been in that top six the entire season. His stats are modest very modest coming in today i mean he had eight points in 30 games and he gets three today including i mean a nice deflection and then kind of, the second goal to me is kind of almost a typical yamamoto goal like he, he just doesn't give up he's i mean some guys when they get hauled down and they see the ref's arm go up they, they you don't always see them spring back up to try to score it's like okay well i drew the penalty but he stayed involved in the play tonight no he was very good he was good on the four check uh the 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 one where he tipped the goal in, he, he out-battled someone behind the net that created the turnover. Then he out-muscles uh, a much bigger player in Dougie Hamilton to be able to get his stick on the puck. Uh, he's been a little snake-bitten this year. He he's, uh, hasn't had as many opportunities as he probably should have playing with Leon. Uh, but tonight, he, he created and he hustled and he worked in the defensive zone and did all the little things right and finally got rewarded with a couple of goals. And and maybe that uh, referee mistake on the goal that he scored the second one, maybe that's something that springboards him. And now all of a sudden, 
uh, as an offensive player, something good like that happens to you, you have a little bit more confidence. So the next time you have the puck on your stick, you, you don't have hesitation. So hopefully that, that does push him forward because the Oilers certainly could use uh, more offense from the wings of, of Leon Dreisettle. And if RNH is going to miss any time as he didn't finish the game, that's a, a top six player. There's a lot more ice time that's going to be available and they need uh, Yamamoto to be able to step into that. The, the Oilers 0 for 1 on the power play, Rob, for extreme power products. Your full-line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul, Westlock, and Vegreville. Check out extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. This is six of the last seven games in which the Oilers have had two power plays or fewer. And, uh, pardon me, five of the last six. And, and, and to me, I'm not bringing this up to talk about the, the refing. I, I think this is another indication, perhaps, of the Oilers' five-on-five play, Rob. I mean, you have to forecheck and and have depth players who can attack and, and be in the offensive zone to draw penalties. And then, I mean, really, and the one penalty the Oilers got tonight, like you said, was kind of a, uh, a fluky one. So, I mean, that's, that's concerning a, li- a little bit to me. I mean, the Oilers got to get on the power play if they're going to win games. That's such a big part of any success well, they have. Well, it is because they're not a good five-on-five team. Um, a, a couple things why they're not getting them. One, you're right, five-on-five, the other teams seem to have the, the play more. They seem to have the puck on their stick. And two, and this is probably the biggest one, is uh, the opposition and the rest of the league have saw how the Oilers started the season, how they won a number of games simply by being better in the specialty teams. So when you come into a game against Edmonton, I'm sure the last thing every coach says, don't take penalties. Just don't take penalties. Teams are smarter. Uh, they, they, they're playing a smarter brand of hockey against the Oilers. Anytime someone has success against a good team, all the other teams in the league, okay, how did how did the New Jersey Devils beat Edmonton? Or how did the St. Louis Blues, okay, what did they do that went well? And they all study that. And I think the biggest thing that we've seen when playing against the Oilers, stay out of the box. If you stay out of the box, you have a chance to win the game, or at least you're in the game. But it, I, I do know, and everyone around the league knows, that if you take penalties against the Edmonton Oilers, you're putting yourself in a bad, bad position. So I think that's a big thing. And, and tonight, I thought the refereeing was good. They, I thought they... Anything that was like 50-50, they stayed away from it for both teams, and the, the game had better flow. So I thought it was a well-refed hockey game, and I don't think the Oilers deserve more power plays. But if the Oilers want to start winning games, they got to win more battles that forces the other team to either drag them down, to be chasing, to get sticks in feet, things like that. When you're not winning races, the other team doesn't have to do those kind of things. All right, final call of the afternoon. We'll go to Dean on the Certainty Hotline. Dean, go ahead. I uh, read uh, Happy New Year to you and Rob and Edmonton. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I don't know, uh, Reed. I'm trying to figure out this uh, version of the Oilers, the 2021-22. I can't figure them out. It seems to be they're like last year and the year before. Poor defense, too many shots given up. The goalies are hot and cold, you know, or okay, you know, so... And then the offense tries. So, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is a playoff team or we're just going to muddle through again like the pre- previous years, you know. Um, I, I don't know if the, the, the coaching needs changing or the systems, but 
uh, something's got to give because uh, you know it, it's it's just like we're uh, it's a flatline organization. There's there's no progression here, you know. So I don't know what you. Uh, there's a lot to ask in, in in the short moments here, but I don't know what your overall thoughts are because as a frustrated fan, I, I, I uh, there's no way we should be fooling around with Jersey in the overtime. Those guys, we should be crushing them six two. You know, it's, it should be an easy win. And here we're talking about. Well, you know, that was a great overtime shot by Jersey. Well, we should have that discussion. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we are right at the end of the show. I, I think uh, I, I think fair comment. I mean, obviously, the Oilers have improved from the, the 10 years out of the playoffs. The, this year and the previous two years, kind of the same. I, I mean, I think they will be in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're going to win three out of 11 for the rest of the year like they have here. But as we've talked about, Rob, a lot is going to be judged on playoff success and i i know there's a a a vocal section of the fan base that is very against dave tippett right now i think ultimately his future with the team is probably going to be judged on on what happened in the playoffs we're in the final minute rob and and there's certainly question marks but to me the biggest thing is the others are not a good five on five team and the Oilers give up too many grade-A scoring chances that puts too much stress on goaltenders. So the Oilers have got to become better five-on-five, five, and that means they have to be better defensively. And one caller tonight talked about the fact that the Oilers sometimes, when there's a 50-50 play, they think offense first. And when you do that, if it doesn't go your way, it turns into a goal-scoring chance the other way. All right, Devils take it 6-5 in overtime. Thanks to Angie Quinnell and Troy Bowler working behind the scenes this afternoon. We're back at it tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. face-off show, game at noon, Oilers at Islanders. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Happy New Year! 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.